Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. morning happy monday happy monday everyone the narrow gate <laughs> feels like we walked through it this morning Woo. yeah a lot of eggshells going outside the office <laughs> it's like monday mornings everything falls upon you at the same time but isn't that always the case for everyone don't we love mondays we do it, it's providential we do monday morning homeless you know bring a, a little grace to the bring some to some, the chaos that is some peace, monday morning some, <laughs> at least we beauty, hope some beauty into your lives and and spread the gospel. But that's what we're here for. So, Father, you had a uh, nine o'clock this weekend. I had the children's mass with and the, I had the Spanish with the little mass. Ones. You, you did had, you call? Did you have? Did you do the crazy thing where you call up the little pre-kindergartners again? I didn't. know. <laughs> but the thing is, the pre-kindergartners get there, and so what I did was I, I I narrowed the gate to the to the sanctuary. Ah. And um, visual aids. Visual aids. It helped. And then one of my fifth graders who came up, you know, decided to swing the gate right open. I'm like, you know, because they were all like, you know, very carefully, you know, you know, sliding through that narrow gate. And I was going to explain it to them. But, you know, by the time, you know, everybody rushed up and obviously you have your three year olds. And I, I had and maybe I need to I'm just thinking out loud here. Maybe I need to like say from this age to this age. I had, I think, two or three parents that took their like one or the babies. Yeah. It's like <laughs> you would never send your son up there. Oh. Nor would you ever go up there with your son. No. Nope. <laughs> Unless you want your altar candles crashing to the floor. and <laughs> So I probably have to say... He might climb know, up on the chair. So I probably have to say ages four and up, you know, so because, I mean, listen, it's beautiful. I, In fact, at the 12 o'clock mass, I didn't call the children up at the 12 o'clock mass, but when we do the children's collection, we call the children to bring forth their offering. There was a grandma coming up, and we thought that the collection was over, you know, usually... You know the kids come up, and some of them, you know, are, are, are slacking behind, and and they're 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 walking very slowly up there, and we, we you know, we're patient, we wait for them, but you know we, we think we're done, and I tell the person who has the basket, okay, go away, so I can take receive the gifts, and then all of a sudden I see this this grandmother, you know, holding a little baby, walking up to the altar. I'm like, okay, what's this about? And she hands me like a dollar seventy five, whatever, because it was changed. Yeah. Okay, and. And I, I already told the, the man to leave, and and I, I, and it's like she said, you know, I, I liked it because she's like, you know, this little, even this little baby is right. is is giving an offering. And I'm like, okay, that, that's that's sweet. But bringing the children up is always um, is always interesting. We haven't done, we haven't done it since probably June. Uh, the kids are a little off their game yesterday because I really just they're out a little, of practice. They're no, out of practice. No, just to peel back the curtain <laughs> a bit. I re- you know, preparing a children's homily is tricky. Because okay, you come in with a with a central focus or, or central question to ask them, and from there, yeah. where they take off is where you take off your homily from. So, where you know, so when I asked about the narrow gate, you know, I asked them, what does narrow mean, and I'm looking at the older kids, and they were like, uh-huh. looking at me. I finally had to call on one of the the, the fifth grader who swung the door open, and she says, no. And then I got into because the second reading was all about discipline, the bis- discipline of the Lord, and. You know, th- and we and we talked about that, um, but it, they were a little. They were they were like very subdued, yeah. 
And I'm, I'm like, you are the not, you're not the ones that left a wedding late the night before. And by the way, kudos to Wayne Sr., whose yeah, son yeah. got married on Saturday. And Wayne Sr. was at his post. At 9 a.m. He got to the church before, before I did. did. Yeah. And I left Impressive. the wedding way before he did. Love the dedication. So, thank you, Wayne. Thank you, Wayne. And this is why this podcast is presented to you by Duffy's, where today hamburgers are seven fifty. That's right. Go to Duffy's today, yes, seven fifty, And you may find Father there. And hopefully they have Duffy's ale for Jorge <laughs> today. Because he didn't like his blue moon last week. Anyhow, so the children were there, and it, and it was great. But to get back to the Gospels, to the gospel we read yesterday. Jesus is traveling through towns and villages. He's he's going on his way. He's he's teaching to every he's teaching everyone. And they and they ask him a simple question. Lord, you know, who will be saved? Well, only a few people be saved. Now that's that's a very loaded question. You know, because they're hearing all of these teachings of Jesus, and it's like, well, you know, if that's what he wants, well, you know, what what chance do we have? But the Lord really doesn't answer the question directly. He doesn't say, yes, only a few will be saved. He says, strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I would tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. Okay. I went back, and I remember that uh, Pope Francis spoke about this during the year of mercy, where we all had the holy doors, and I remember going through Europe and, and walking through every holy door I could find. Didn't help, but, you know, I tried. Yeah, but yet. Yeah, It might yeah, help later. Yeah, yeah, we hope so. No, I mean, <laughs> we're going to have that. In, by the way, we're going to have that in two years when we have the... The 2025 uh, yeah. Jubilee. The has a, a Jubilee every 25 years automatically. But, you know, when I was entering through those we gates... We need a holy door. That'd, no, be, that'd be sweet. Well, I have, I'll ask... <laughs> no, I, I already planned to ask our Trisha that, that we... Because you have a beautiful door. Yep. We could decorate it, you know, mm-hmm. just like, you know, the cathedral does. And anyhow. So, but we went through those holy doors, and the Holy Father had a beautiful reflection on this gospel during that year, saying, says, the door's always open. Thing is, we don't fit through it. Because we have our pride, our ego, we're carrying it with us, the things that we have in this world. And this is something that I brought up to the children. See, I put that door narrow. I go, now, I said, when you go on a trip, take your kids to Disney, and, and, and the kids go, and they, and they grab this toy, and then they grab that toy, and then they grab another toy. And at some point, you as a parent have to say— I don't say, know anything about what you're talking about. You have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> and you have to get on a plane with your children this oh. weekend. <laughs> you're looking forward to that. Oh, Anyhow, man. thankfully it's a short flight. <laughs> it, it is a very short flight. So, but you know, you tell the kids at some point, okay, no, you yeah. can't take all these things because they won't fit in the car. And the kids said that, and it was Frankie. It was Frankie Bono says, "I don't fit in the car." You know, she said it, it was yeah. a beautiful little lisp, and and she said, "I don't fit in the car because I I." And I literally asked him, "Does your room fit in the car?" No, I go, which again begs the differ. Why do we buy our kids so many toys? To preach. To, to, Preach. Li- to litter your to litter your 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 family rooms and your living rooms. So you That's step why you, on it, twist an ankle, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> but what the Holy Father is saying is that you know obviously the toy analogy aside, and 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 believe it or not, I was reading the Archbishop's homily last night that he gave for 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 this gospel yesterday, and he used kind of the same analogy that I did. We can't enter that narrow door because of our pride, because of our ego, because we're like so bloated. By the things of this world and by our own self-importance, Father Andrew talked about that in his homily. That we sometimes think that we are owed salvation, that we are owed the Eucharist, that we are owed everything. We're we're not owed anything. It's God through His infinite mercy and His love for us that He gives us these things. So our heads get big, and we can't fit through the door. 
because it's so narrow. But then eventually, that, nor, that door, if you keep on reading that gospel, and after the master of the house has arisen and locked the door, then you will stand outside knocking and saying, Lord, open the door for us. He will say to you, I do not know where you are from. And the point that I was making is like, why doesn't the Lord recognize us? Because we become so disfigured by sin that, of course, he's not going to recognize us. You know, because we have let the things of this world overwhelm us. We let the things of this world, you know, the, the, here's the thing. The little, the little things that we deal with, and Hor and I are standing are, are sitting across each other, and boy, have we been dealing with things over the last few weeks, you know. But it's the little things that overwhelm us that we cannot let them overwhelm us, because sometimes it's little things, but the little things start, you know, piling up, yep. and we say, and we can't, and you know, eventually it'll explode. And so, when you apply that to sin. You know, even the, the, the venial sins, you know, I tell you, you don't have to go to, you know, technically, you don't have to go to confession if you haven't committed a mortal sin. But if the venial sins pile up, you know, you got to bring that to confession because it starts building up. It's like, you know, a mirror that keeps getting a little smudge here and a little smudge until finally you don't see yourself anymore. And you can't recognize yourself anymore. And the Lord will recognize, and the master of the house will recognize you because we become, and this is the, literally the word that I use, not for the children, I use it the 1230 Mass. We become disfigured by our pride, by our ego, by the things that have weighed us down by this world. Yeah, you know, in uh, as you're as you're speaking there and, and not being recognized by the Lord, you know, it took me, uh, you know, to what Father Andrew was, uh, how he started his homily. You know, he says he saw a cartoon and the wide way, mm-hmm. you know, was the TV and the phone and you know all this technology that we have, which is you know a lovely tool. But how much time do we spend? in front of all that stuff. And then he said, and, and on the other side of the cartoon was the narrow door, which was just an image of the monstrance. You know? So it's, yes, to, to the, the Lord doesn't recognize us as we've been disfigured by sin, but even on a, on a more practical level, does the Lord recognize us if we'd ever spend time with him? Mm-hmm. You know, if we don't pray, if we don't, you know, our, our, favorite, uh, our favorite saying from our, from our, fellow Christian brothers and sisters, right? Do you have a personal relationship with the... Mm-hmm. Is the Lord your your personal Lord and Savior? Yeah. But but there's some element of truth to that where, yes, the Lord wants an intimate personal relationship with us, and he's always there, you know, but do we make the time for him? You know, are, are we so distracted, not just by sin, but by all this stuff? You know, I'm just looking around the this table, you know, just how much stuff is on this table, that can cause distractions, you know, where, whereas, you know, I could just, I'm literally on top of the chapel right now. This chair is, is right in, right on top of the chapel. You know, do we allow all this to distract us from spending 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes with the Lord so that we can have that relationship that he longs to have with us? And it's a, I, I mentioned this briefly earlier, I mentioned the word discipline to the children, and this is what you're talking about. It's discipline. It's it's saying, you know, so many people are so disciplined when it comes to working out mm-hmm. that they say, I'm going to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to go for a run, I'm going to go for a bike ride, I'm going to go for a swim, whatever it is. And they're very disciplined about it. And God bless them. And, and, and you can tell because they're fit, you know, they don't have health problems. And that, you know, they recommend 30 minutes of walking every day and then your chance for heart disease goes down great now 
If we applied that same mentality, if we applied that same discipline to our spiritual life, this is what the... Now, the second reading says it, talks about this. But the discipline, you know, we're using two different connotations of the word discipline. Discipline in terms of a way of life or a regimen of prayer, mm-hmm. and then discipline having to discipline Correct. Uh, your children. And that's more what... what, what I never what, have to do that. What, no, you never have to do that. <laughs> it, it, it's more that... We're going to get it from Andrew today. Um, it, it's more of the... You know, in, in Spanish, the word was correction, the, the word that was used yesterday in the, in the translation. But just to read that. Brothers and sisters, you have forgotten the exhortation addressed to you as children. My son, do not disdain the discipline of the Lord, the correction of the Lord, or lose heart when reproved by him. For when the Lord, whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, he scourges every son, he acknowledges. Endure your trials, okay, as discipline, quote-unquote. God treats you as sons, for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? So, correction, you know, the Lord corrects us, the Lord throws us in the right direction, but taking the other, the other, you know, definition of that word, discipline, you know, if we don't want to be corrected by the Lord, if we want to be, you know, in front of the Lord, if we want to behold Him, if He want, if we want Him to recognize us, we need to have, and I'm speaking to myself as well, every single day. Okay, what, you know, as we as we schedule our day, as we go through our day, and all the chores that we have to do, all the things we have to do taking kids to school, going to work, picking, you know, if, if, you're, if you have to pick grandchildren up or children up, you know, from school and take them to this class or that sport or that camp, whatever it is, what time during that day do you put apart to dedicate to the Lord? I always say, first thing I do when I open my eyes in the morning is I pray because I know that when my feet hit the floor, it's over. Running. Yep. Okay, because... And I remember Bishop Roman used to tell us to all the time we were in seminary. First thing you have to do in the day is pray because once you, you know, get out the, you know, get out of your room or leave the rectory, you belong to the people of God. And you will, and you say, oh no, I'll pray later on. No, no, no. And you keep putting it off and keep putting it off. And when you keep putting it off, you're dead asleep on the couch at whatever time you fall asleep because, you know, work overran you, the kids overran you, whatever it is that you did after after work overran you, and you don't have time for prayer. And that's why we need to be disciplined, so we're not disciplined yep. or corrected I by the see Lord. What you did there. How you see that? <laughs> you know, I love uh, Father Andrew quoted uh, the Archbishop from his ordination homily, you know, who, who asked him and his classmate when they were ordained, you know, "Do you finish your day with the Lord, or do you finish your day with television?" And that hit a that hit a, a ah, note with me because yeah. I I fall asleep to the TV. You know, so I, do I. I just have I put a sleep timer on and. I, most of the time, it's family feud, which which is terrible to fall asleep to because it's, it's so distracting. Loud. You just want to kind of keep peeking up, and they answered what? <laughs> okay, uh, but I fall asleep to the TV. You want to know what mine is? Pardon the pardon the interruption. Ah, oh no, no, but the, oh. I, I don't know why Tony and Tony and Mike <laughs> have this way of putting me to sleep. I mean, through their screaming, they I, put no, me to sleep. I couldn't do it. Now, it's not to say I understand what the church is saying. It's not to say that before that happens. Of course, I, I have, I have blessed that at the end of the, my hallway, there's a chapel with the Blessed Sacrament. I do not retire to my room. There has been, and I could say this in all honesty. Okay, there is not a day. Well, that's not true. I mean, I'm sure there has been, but 
there's not, I try, there's not a day that I've spent here in Little Flower in any parish that I've had no. the Blessed Sacrament at in my house that I don't go to, to retire to my room without first going to the Blessed Sacrament in the evening. Because to me, that's, now, what I need to get better at is like not get distracted, right. spend more time in there than I do, like the actress says, in front of the television. Because both of us, you know, we, we talk about it. We talk about it in the second segment. We have sports. We have TV shows that we're binging. That's all great. It's art, you know, or books that we're reading. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and here's a temptation. I've noticed this in the last three weeks, at least in my prayer life, that Every time I walk into or I'm walking in, uh, uh, walking down the hallway towards the Blessed Sacrament, either I start thinking, I need to call this person, I need to check up on this person, I need to do this or I need to do that, or there's something that's distracting me from, goes back to what we talked about last week in spiritual battle. That's spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. That's spiritual battle. And, and I'm glad you mentioned it, because oftentimes, you know, the, the spiritual battle doesn't come at you like, a, you know, this ugly fire breathing dragon you know, it's going to be those little things mm -hmm. and, and almost like little goods just disguised you know to, to distract you from you know the ultimate good you know so uh, in ministry oftentimes you know working here at the parish oftentimes the biggest conflicts are deciding between two goods because if it's deciding between a good and a bad yeah it's, it's obvious we're going to pick the good but when you've got two goods and that's where you really need to, to pray and discern of, you know, where is it that the Lord is wanting us to go? You know, so, so fascinating that you mentioned that because even those things on their own are good and, and, you know, living out your vocation as a priest. But even that can distract you from, you know, that valuable time that you need you know, in front of the Blessed Sacrament, in prayer, so that you can better minister to and mm -hmm. serve you know, those people that you need to call or visit or whatnot. I remember that Bishop Estevez used to schedule his prayer time. Yeah. I mean, not to say he didn't pray at night or in the evening, but in the middle of the day around the hour of mercy, we'd always find him in the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, in the, not his personal one, but in the one, the one that, the Adoration Chapel that he built at St. Agatha. Always find him there, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Would, and he would schedule that. And he goes, he, he, and he would tell me, that's the most important meeting of my day. It is. Yeah. It, it really is. So, and, and listen, it's not just that. Yes, thankfully I have it in my house, but we have, you know, we have the great gift that we have our church open, you know, from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day, that we have the Adoration Chapel, that we have that at our disposal, that, listen, if you've had a long day at work, and, you know, I really don't want to take it on the family, stop by the church, even if it was two minutes, five minutes, and just... Vent to Jesus. Lord knows that I've done a lot of venting to Jesus Ooh. over the last three weeks since I got back from vacation. And, and to me, usually the, the, the venting is, dude, slow down. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but we, we, we need to do that. And just a disclaimer, we do have a camera in the chapel, but it is muted. We cannot we know, we can't hear, we your can't hear anything. So if you're <laughs> screaming at him, yeah, we, we can't hear that. And Lord knows I've done my fair share of screaming down there. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I don't mm, I don't want to use the term routine in terms of getting a routine up here because I had a confessor of mine once tell me, beware of routine. I've mentioned that a million times in my homily. Mindless. Yeah, routines routine, are almost mindless. Because, for example, routine reminds us of our schedule in seminary. And do we like our schedule in seminary? Not at all. At all. <laughs> okay? So that's what we fall into. You know, we have prayer at this time, prayer at that time, and it's like, uh, we don't want to. But 
No, it, it. I remember there was a, I can't remember the name of the priest. It was a priest that gave us a retreat. Uh, I don't know if it was this past year or the year before. Or no, I didn't go the year before because of COVID. One of the previous years, he always would emphasize, have a regimen of prayer. When you think of regimen, you think of something military. You think of something precise. But why is the military so good? Because they are very precise in terms of how they go about their day. There was a great, uh, there was a, a great uh, commercial. I'm dating myself. In the 1980s, that they were advertising the U.S. Army, or was one. I don't know if it was the Army or, or the Marines, but one of the branches of the Armed Forces. And it said, "We get more more work done before 9 a.m. than most people yeah. get in a day." That was their that was their tagline, and it was brilliant because, listen, there there are days. I mean, if I have to wake up early to celebrate the 6:15 mass or I had a sick call or something, and I get into the office at 9 a.m., I go, "I've already had a day." So many people have that. But if you have your regimen, if you have your discipline of prayer and say, and these, this is what the, the Carmelites excel at. You know, I had the Carmelites at, at 9 o'clock Mass yesterday, and, and I'm looking at them, and I go, this is what we should aspire to. Obviously, we, we're not called a religious life, but they have their discipline. They have mm-hmm. their schedule. It's not routine. Every, and, it, and it does, you know, even though it's more or less, but it's tweaked every day depending on what their schedule is at the school because they're an, you know, they have an apostolic charism. But we have to follow that in our personal lives and say, just like I'm ned- going to dedicate this time to, to working out or this time to myself, okay, you know, a lot of people, you know, while they're working out, pray the rosary, mm-hmm. you know, listen to us. Hi, if we're working out, have a good workout. Um, or whatever. I, I mean, I think your sister said she listened yep. to us last week while she was working out. One more rep. Go. No, she was running. <laughs> go, Gina. Sprint. Go, sprint. Go, go, go. <laughs> Um, but whatever it is, try to incorporate prayer while you're driving to work, while you're driving your kids to school, pray with your kids on the way to school. When you do little things like that, you see the presence of the Lord throughout your day and your day becomes better. Even if it's a, if it's a difficult day, your day becomes better because it's blessed by the Lord. And it, you know, it's, it's really about those little things. You know, sometimes we, we get so caught up in, and we've spoken about this on here before, you know, we get so caught up with, you know, the big picture and, you know, the picture of the, you know, the image of the saints and, and, you know, even to look at our Carmelite sisters and like, oh, I could I could never do what they do. You know, but it's those little things, you know, walking in front of a church you know, and just crossing yourself uh, out of reverence for an, an acknowledgement that the Blessed Sacrament is there. You know, that counts for something and it doesn't take any time. You know, uh, I, I would love, and, and it's something I want to do a little bit better before I go home to the craziness that is my children. You know, to leave here this office and and just pop into the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, you know, and, and just say hi, even mm-hmm. if it even if it's just peek my head in because I have to get going in a hurry, you know. But but just taking those few moments to go in, you know, and spend that time with the Lord, you know. And if it can be five minutes, great. If it can be ten minutes, even better. And if it can be a full hour, you know, ideal. But the little things, you know, start with a little prayer. Start with an Our Father. Start with a Hail Mary. You know, before you go into the, a full rosary. You know, my, my daughter, we, we pray on Our Father and Hail Mary every night. She's got those memorized. And, mm-hmm. and it's so cute to, to, my goddaughter, folks. to hear her yeah. pray those. Uh, but that's something that we do every single night together. And, you know, the hope is that, yes, eventually we'll be able to stretch that out into longer uh, and, and more dedicated prayers. But she had to learn it somewhere. You know, and she started with one, and then we added on the other, and, and we just keep going with those little baby steps one at a time. You know, so so that 
regimen of prayer, that regimen of, you know, putting our faith into action in our lives, you know, it's not going zero to 500 overnight. You know, it, it's taking one step at a time, you know, laying that foundation and, and, and then building on that foundation. I mean, there's so much that we could, that we could talk about in terms of establishing a regimen of prayer, a discipline of prayer, but that's what's needed to get through the narrow gate. Yeah. It, that's what's definitely needed to get through the narrow gate because, you know, we become, you know, it's like, you know, you, you, be, you let's say you get inebriated at, at, at a wedding. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, and be, oh, I, don't, I didn't recognize you. Well, well, yeah, that's what the Lord's telling the people. You know, something, it's the same way. We, when we allow the world to overtake us, that's why, you know, to go back to, to the wedding I did on Saturday, um, Wayne's son from, from Duffy's, I, we, we talked about, I remember we spent last Monday talking about the reasons they were going to select. And the reading they selected for the second reading from the Book of Romans, from the Letter to the Romans, uh, it's not chosen that often by, by brides and grooms. And the, the, the main verse in that reading was, do not conform yourself to this age. What happens with us is that we allow ourselves, not, not, just, we, we, not only do we conform to this age, but we allow ourselves to be overtaken by this age. And that's something that, that we cannot allow because uh, we need the Lord in our lives to do something great in us so we could bring others closer to Christ. And so when I, when I was preaching to them on, on Saturday and saying, do not conform yourselves to this age, it's like, you need to be that model couple. You know, you have so many friends here right now who adore you, who love you, who are here to support you. You know, you need to be a model of Christianity and of the Lord for them because the Lord has done great things in you. Today we celebrate the Queenship of Mary and we in Mary the Magnificent, you know, glorifies the Lord because she had, he had done great things in her. Now, do we allow, do we open ourselves up to allowing the Lord to do great things in us? Because the world and the things that are in our lives, that we allow into our lives, the world is trying to, to pick that apart and not allowing it to happen, not allowing ourselves to, you know, to grow in the faith, not allowing ourselves to grow in holiness, not allowing ourselves to approach the sacrament of confession. Oh, why do you need confession? Why do you need to tell another, another, another man your sins? Oh, because that's our faith. And there's, there's a beauty in just, you know, you want to fit through that narrow door, go to confession. And shed that extra weight that you're carrying around. I was joking in the in the twelve thirty minutes. We need to go to Weight Watchers to shed that extra poundage, <laughs> so we could fit that narrow door. You know, it was so beautiful. I, I mentioned that uh, that I went to Europe during that year of mercy and went to like probably ten or twelve different towns. You know, during my that trip, it was a crazy crazy whirlwind trip. But every time we approached a church, okay, oh, there's a holy door. We walked through that holy door, and it was amazing to see how many people were doing that, faithful that were there. And then obviously when you get to Rome and you walk through the holy doors mm-hmm. of St. Peter's, that's, you know, the, the Sanctus Sanctorum, you know, yep. that's the one that, you know, you go to. And they had a little walkway that they had prepared where you, you could not bypass security, but go through an easier portion of security, kind of like TSA Pre. You go through there faster. And you walk through the holy doors and then it's oh, kind of like... Oh, the irony of that. Right. Here's your fast pass. <laughs> exactly. There's a fast pass. And then... When you pass the holy door, there was like, you know, there was like this walkway that led you straight to 
the tomb of St. Peter nice. to, in, in St. Peter's Basilica to finish your little prayer. You started off at Casa San Angelo down the Via de la Conciliación and you just walked down the middle of it. They, they, remember, they after what happened in, in Nice and, and it was that same year, they turned uh, that, you know, that way leading up to the Vatican and also the way leading up to the Colosseum. They turned it into pedestrian and not allowed, not allowed cars to go through there. So now we could walk straight down the middle of the street and there's this little, like, you know, kind of like what they do for the Miami Marathon. It's like they have this little way that you walk through and you take a little, you, you, the pilgrim group takes a cross and you would go down there and you're doing these prayers and saying you're going to walk through this door. There's no magical properties to that door, but just that image of the door. Remember, Christ says, I am the sheep gate. You cannot, you know, no one can come and hurt my sheep unless it's through me. You know, it's like that old phrase, you got to get through me first. Same thing with Jesus Christ. He's protecting us. So he's the master of the house, closes that door when the time is right, when the time comes, but we don't want to be caught on the outside. We want to be caught on the inside. That's why that image of walking through those holy doors is so important because, you know, not only do we do it out of devotion, not only do it out of, you know, because we prepared ourselves spiritually for that pilgrimage, but we do it, you know, recognizing our sinfulness, knowing that we need those indulgences, knowing that we need and, and, while undeserving, we are needing of that mercy because he has deemed us worthy of that mercy. You know, so we thank him for that and we walk through there to be able to just grasp a morsel of his holiness. So we may be holy as you are holy as, as yeah. one of the and Eucharistic parents. Like, we can't emphasize that enough because, you know, we sometimes we see small door and we think that that's a small space. You know, it's a small gate and there's not much behind it. It's a small closet, you know, it's got a small door. Whereas you see this massive door, you think, oh, that's, you know, that's a big space behind, behind there. But this narrow door that, that Jesus is talking about leads to an abundance that we can't even fathom. You know, so, so it's got that, that, that juxtaposition of the two, you know, where we, we fatten ourselves on this side you know, and we're going to miss out on this incredible abundance that is eternity with the Lord, you know, versus, you know, doing the struggle now, you know, going through those sufferings now, shedding that extra weight, shedding that, all those distractions so that we can fit through that door and really enjoy, you know, literally enjoy, be part of the joy of the Lord on that other side. Now, that image of door was very present to me during the 1230 Mass because, you know, here I am celebrating Mass in Spanish and it reminded me of, you know, one of, you know, my first pastor was Divine Providence in Sweetwater and that 12 o'clock, that midday Mass, it get packed, just packed. And there was sometimes 1,200 people in that church and the church only fits, you know, it fits 1,000 sitting down. It could fit 1,200 people standing up, but sometimes it was even more. And it was just marvelous to see to see the faith of the people, and it was a Nicaraguan people. So when I walked in, and I remember approaching the altar, and I'm thinking, man, right now in Nicaragua, things are rough. You know, we're walking through the door of a church, to use the analogy you mentioned in the gospel, was not a possibility for so many people down there this weekend. Uh, our, our custodian, Nubia, told me last week, that the pre, you know, you know, last week obviously on the feast of the Assumption, it's a b very big, big, big feast down there because you know they they have their big, uh, their patronesses on December seventh, 
have that big griteria on mm. December 7th, the night, the vigil of the Immaculate Conception. But they have a mini griteria, mini celebration, kind of like, you know, but it's still big, in on the 15th of August. And in her hometown, the pastor of her church celebrated Mass, and the communists were outside blaring speakers directly at the church. So when I was walking up, I don't know why, I mean, I know why, but because, you know, I was their pastor for a year and eight months, and an incredibly faith-filled community. Man, those Holy Weeks, every yeah. every Mass of the Tritium, every service of the Tritium, packed, packed. I mean, even the Easter Vigil, we had 1,200 people, 1,300 people wow. at the Easter Vigil, which is like sight unseen. So it was very present to me. Uh, and I want to raise awareness about what's going on in Nicaragua. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't want to do sports today because it feels, you know, talk about being bloated. Yeah. You want to speak about the Marlins today? <laughs> nope. Nope. I mean, did you see any? <laughs> to say I, what? To see, did you see any pitch? Not, I mean, not they were not. in LA playing at 1030 at night this weekend. So, Negative. And even Sandy got blown up yesterday. So it's trivial because our brothers and sisters down there uh, are, are suffering because their priests and their bishops are being detained. The Bishop of Maragalpa was detained on Friday, I want to say. Yes, on Friday. And, you know, he was taken from Maragapa to, to the capital, Managua, and he's under house arrest, but he got off, you know, not that he's got free because he's not, but the priests that were holed up, because they've been holed up in their chancery since August 5th, so for a while. Yep. And they, they got to the point where people noticed when they were live streaming masses that they were all sharing one host because they were running out of mass supplies. The priests in his curia were rounded up and arrested too, they weren't so as lucky as a bishop. They are in a Chipote prison, which is kind of like the gulag of Nicaragua. It, it is, you know, I'm reading from an article from thepillar.com. And by the way, if you don't subscribe or read no, the Pillar, sorry, pillarcatholic.com, it's uh, it's edited by two canon lawyers who are just extraordinary. I talked to one of them this weekend, and and they're good friends of Father Rivero from the seminary. And the these priests are in El Chipote, and El Chipote is notorious among human rights advocates for inhumane treatment of suspected criminals. And so, you know, it's a communist person. You don't have to spell it out. It's, you know, if, if, if you want to be trivial about it, it's what you saw in Stranger Things in season four, okay? That's what you're seeing, okay, without the Devin Gorgons. <laughs> are probably worse. So, I don't want to make light of it because it, it is something that deserves our attention tonight. They're gonna, uh, the Archbishop is going to celebrate a Mass. One of their bishops is sort of exiled. He left Nicaragua somewhere about Bishop Baez been staying in one of our local parishes. Uh, and it looked like it was going to happen that to, to Bishop Balvers is also, but he, he did not want to leave the country. So he's there under house arrest, and he's not in his diocese. So we have people that are, you know, Jesus. what Jesus worried about. They were like sheep without a shepherd. Mm -hmm. They're literally like sheep without a shepherd. Their main shepherd, their bishop, isn't there. A lot of their priests have been arrested. You know, when you have the the dictator of the, of the country calling priests demons and cassocks, you know, hey, I've been called worse. All right, uh, we got to pray for them. We got to pray for those priests, and pray for those that are in jail, um, because that is not Lord knows what they are being, what they are enduring. And I'm thinking of Saint Maximilian Kolbe yeah, at the time, which, was, uh, which we talked about last week in the, yep. uh, of the podcast, because Maximilian Kolbe, even in the concentration camp, even while he didn't have it in his possession the tools to say mass was exhorting his people, was inspiring the people around him. And, you know, obviously, I'm sure there are actual criminals there who may be hardened of heart, but you never know, maybe these priests 
may reach these these hard of hard criminals. So that's what's going on down there. So, you know, no bloated episode today because Jesus has entered the narrow gate and we have to like, you know, trim it down. We have to trim down to get through that gate. So the same thing with the podcast today because I really want to end it on that note because so many things as as the editor of, of this uh again, it's pillar, pillar as the pillar of salt. Or the pillar column pillar. Not, I'm pretty sure they didn't name it after the pillar of salt. P I L A P I L L A R Catholic dot com. Uh, and you could follow them on 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 Twitter and and I don't know what other social media avenues they have, but they are doing some excellent reporting. They have a, a reporter embedded down there. They also do a lot of great reporting on Nigeria, which you, you've heard me mention on this podcast and in mass also because we have, we have two Nigerian priests, but. Read what's going on down there. It's not coming out in the secular news. And I was saying, th- this editor was telling me, you know, when he DM'd me this this weekend, he really wants American Catholics to be aware of what's going on down there, that there is tangible religious persecution happening in our hemisphere, that priests and bishops are being arrested because all they're trying to do is, you know, and the Nicaraguans have such a faith, and, and all they're trying to do is lead their people. You tell them there's gonna be. You tell the Nicaraguan people there's gonna be a procession today, right. tonight. They all show up, you know, and 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 it's part of their culture. And they, and they have parties afterwards. They have great parties, and and they give gifts to everybody, and they sing, and you know, when they celebrate La Purísima in, in December, that goes on from the Ooh. middle of November way past Christmas. It's it's amazing. I mean, Nuya tells me, oh, I'm going to a Purísima today, meaning that she's going to one of these parties where they set up an altar of the Virgin, and and they're there, and they're and they're praying to her and, and asking for intercession. And that's what we need to do, is, is ask for her intercession to stay on the Queenship of Mary for that wonderful country. I mean, I have such fond memories of that parish and still in touch with so many of them. And pray for our Nicaraguan priests here in Miami who are, and throughout the world who are suffering, and Nicaraguan people. You know, the ones that, there were very few of them. I'd say there were maybe like a dozen or so at Mass. Just when I asked, you know, show of hands mm-hmm. who's, you know, how many Nicaraguan brothers and sisters are among us. Maybe a dozen or so. And after Mass, say, Father, thank you. Uh, for praying for Nicaragua. Happened to us, you know, back in February, we had, uh, or Easter, that we had some Ukrainians yep. that were praying for Ukraine, and, and so yeah, happened we had Ukrainian people yeah, in the... Got, in, they got you at the door. They got us, <laughs> you, were right, you were right there. But yep. but I wanted to end on that, uh, and I got into the frivolous, or, you know, we'll talk about, we'll talk plenty about college football next week. There's plenty to talk about there. You know, I didn't see the Dol- I, I didn't see the Dolphin <laughs> preseason game because I think the people are going to conspire me to m- not let me watch football this season, which is, you know, I guess okay, you know. Which means we're going to have a really good season. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. But anyways, let, let's pray for our brothers and sisters down in Nicaragua. Yes. Pray for them and pray for their bishops and priests. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. I, I'm, I'm missing something. I know we, we were supposed to announce something at the end of this podcast. You know, the Marlins game we have coming up next Monday, but tickets are there are like very few left. There's, yeah, just a handful. By the time we air this, we might be sold out. Yeah, probably. And... Uh, and we have next a week from tomorrow, a week a week from uh, Tuesday on Tuesday, August thirtieth. Because I don't know when you're listening to this, so I can't, I can't date this. So on Tuesday, August thirtieth, we're having a mass at the shrine of Our Lady of Charity, La Mita, to obviously to begin the novena for Our Lady of Charity. But I'm, I'm going to put a special emphasis to pray for Nicaragua. We're always, you know, every time we gather together in in La Mita for a big cause, especially during the you know 11th of July, it was a year anniversary of the pro- protests in Cuba. Nicaragua and Venezuelans always come together and with Cubans mm-hmm. to pray because we're all suffering under the same, you know, you know communist oppression. And, and now people are worried. Colombians are worried. I remember Father Omar yep. texting me from 
from um, Fatima or, or in Fatima when the elections happened. They're worried. And why are we worried? Because they oppress religion and they do not want us to practice uh, our faith as we as we want to. So my friends, let us strive to enter through the narrow gate. Let us shed those the, that extra weight of pride and, and ego. And and while we're doing that, let us do penance and, uh, and fast and pray for the people who are suffering around the world, religious persecution, who can't, forget about entering the narrow gate. They don't have the opportunity to enter the gate. They, cannot, they don't have the opportunity to enter their churches. So let us keep them in our prayers, and we entrust them to our Lady. And may Almighty God bless all of you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.